Hello, all you reinventors. This is Leslie Jane Seymour, and I am the founder of this podcast and of CoveyClub.com, where we deal with live reinvention. You can come and gather with women just like yourself and work through the reinvention process so that you're not alone. It is hard to reinvent alone. I say, don't do it on your own. Come and be part of the wonderful flock of Covey Club. So today I have for you someone who's going to tell us how do you make the transition from corporate into really your heart's desire in the art world. We have Patty Siegel, who's the executive director of Arts Atlanta, A-R-T-S-A-T-L. She spent 40 years in advertising and innovation, working with clients, including Delta Airlines, American Cancer Society, Kimberly Clark. She was a longtime board member and volunteer in the arts, and she pivoted in 2020 to combine her passion with her skills to run Arts Atlanta, Atlanta's only publication that provides comprehensive coverage of Atlanta's broad and diverse arts community. She also works in the theater and she has just wonderful stories about bringing theater to small towns in the South. And as she says, once the ball starts rolling, you can't stop it. But it took her 15 years. This is not overnight. So if you're interested in that kind of reinvention, we bring you Patty Siegel. Patty, welcome to the to the podcast. So glad to have you here. Thanks. It's great to be here, Leslie. So yours is a very interesting story all about art and how you changed over and did the kind of art you want to do. But let's go back to the very beginning, because I always think there's signs in your history that sort of show where you're headed, even though we don't think that it does. Where where did you grow up and what did you study to do? I grew up in South Florida um, and the arts really have always been a part of my life. Uh, I was a classical pianist trained from the age of five and also played in the Fort Lauderdale Youth Symphony, but uh, the clarinet. But what was interesting is the people around me, my family, my grandmother was a published poet. My stepmother wow. was a very accomplished painter. So the art in the broader sense were always a part of my life. Um, but I went to school. I went to the University of Florida and got a degree in journalism. And I guess the writing gene has been in my in my family. And then after graduation, spent my career in advertising and marketing, predominantly on the advertising agency side. So that was kind of where my creative outlet went. Never really considered myself a creative person, but really? was all yeah, I know. And and everybody has said to me, yeah, but you are. It's a different kind of creativity. My creativity is really more about recognizing those beautiful things that would make others appreciate the arts and working toward making them happen. I've been asked a number of times, have you ever, other than being in the musical part of my childhood, you know, have you ever been on stage? No, you know, I'm not, I don't have any interest in acting, but I do have a strong interest in producing theater, which I do on the side now. Ah. Um, 
And so that that's kind of my thing. And my my husband is a noted Southern photographer. And so I helped him with launching his career from a marketing perspective. And I've worked one-on-one -on -one privately with other artists, helping them do the same. My son is an actor and I've been involved in that world since he was eight. So it's just always been in the background, but it was always where my heart longed to be while I was over here in advertising, helping, you know, major national brands sell things, which is, you know, a good thing to do, but right. my heart really longed to be in the arts, helping artists and arts makers get to where they want to be. So what was the turning point for you? What what happened that made you say, I've got to go and follow my my heart's desire here? Well, way back in 2008, uh, I lost my brother to cancer and had that moment, like a lot of people do who lose someone close to them. You, you kind of ask yourself, is, is this really it? Like if I also died tomorrow, would I have regrets? And in that moment, I thought, you know what, if not, now when so i decided to to kind of go that route but didn't really know how to approach it so i started working with a life coach and as fate would have it and i did not know this when laura and i started working together she was a former theater person and so as we went through the exercises she took me through which were invaluable probably the most important was identifying um, my values, and they can be anything, but as she described them, once you identify them, they're the things that you value the most and hurt the most when they're stepped on. And so that's a really important exercise for anyone to go through. Uh, and so she really opened some doors for me in terms of getting to have conversations with people. And I have a motto that I'll talk to anybody because you never know where that's going to lead. So we worked together for a time and uh, and I brazenly applied for three arts jobs back then and I didn't get them. I interviewed for two, uh, two theater jobs and uh, uh, executive directors and one, um, one visual arts organization and they all turned me down. And that was okay because I did it more so, not really believing I would get it, but I wanted to learn more about what they were looking for. Simultaneously, my coach introduced me to someone who did a short stint as my mentor to walk through my resume, looking at the, the for-profit skills that I had developed and showed me how they transferred into the arts world and gave me some language to use when creating my arts-focused resume so that I could better sell myself. So it really was a learning process. And about, you know, after those three jobs didn't happen, I actually was uh, offered a, a big job in advertising out of state. And so we moved away for three and a half years and I put it all on hold. But when I came back, I started back up again. We moved back to Atlanta after three and a half years and uh, had always been in, involved in the visual arts world because of my husband, Jerry's work but really decided to start volunteering in the theater world. And that's really where the doors started opening. I, uh, I joined a board because I was introduced to a playwright. One of my friends said, okay, you keep talking about this. Do you really wanna, do you really wanna produce theater someday? Yeah, I really wanna produce theater someday. Well, let me introduce you to a playwright. This goes back to my thing of I'll talk to anybody and putting it out there, letting your friends and family know this is really what I wanna do. So I had a wonderful conversation with this playwright, Janice Schaefer, who introduced me to a wonderful theater here, Synchronicity Theater, and they invited me to join their board. 
and they knew what my long-term goal was. So they said, Hey, you know, like you can volunteer and do as much as you want. So I was sort of an adjunct crew member at times on some, some of their shows and the artistic director would say, what do you want me to tell you? What questions do you have? And I just used that as a way to start learning. And then uh, about that time, I was asked to join, at the end of that term, I was asked to join another theater board here, a large theater that's been around for 45 years. And so I was able to up my game there. And about that time, I started working with Jane Pollock, who has actually been on your podcast, um, because the doors started opening, things started happening, and I really needed a, a, someone to be that touchstone for me to help keep me on the right path and shut out the extraneous noise and figure out exactly the steps I needed to take both in my personal life as well as my professional life because working in the arts is not for the faint of heart particularly financially and so I, you know my husband and I had to make some life choices candidly about downsizing and things like that to accommodate my future lower salary um, and then I, I really just continued to volunteer, serving on boards. I chaired a gala for a museum and just really wanted to use all that volunteerism as my masterclass on what it would be like to work in the arts, interacting with boards, volunteers, staff members, et cetera. And then as, as fate would have it in 2020, the organization I currently helm, Arts ATL, was looking for an executive director and that theater community led me to an introduction by to one of their editors who wrote about the theater. And uh, lo and behold, three years ago, I became the executive director of Arts ATL, and we are the only uh, publication in Atlanta that comprehensively covers the arts here. And it's a big arts community. And so wow. I've been doing that for three years, but my love of theater never has left me. And so that uh, that theater community evolved into relationships with an artistic director at one of the theaters. His name is Clifton Gutterman, and he and I and two other actors here formed a small theater company called Untethered Theater Project. And so we've been producing readings, and now that's led to, again, this is all through conversations, putting it out there, um, that's led to me now about to bring theater to my adopted hometown of Selma, Alabama, where my husband is from, to produce theater on behalf of their arts organization there because they don't have performing arts in Selma, just visual arts. Wow. So are you guys it, moving to Selma or you're going to do no, it from Atlanta? No. Do it from Atlanta. We, um, my husband and his brother and sisters and spouses, we all kept the house that they grew up in. And so because my husband Jerry's work is all about documenting that area of the South, we are in Selma monthly and have a large group of arts friends in that area of the state. And uh, and so we go back and forth a lot. We spend about a week a month there because I work remotely and it's enabled me to uh, work with this organization in Selma called Arts for Vive. And we are uh, hoping to continue to have a long-term relationship where we are bringing theater there. And also a very important part of that relationship for both Arts Revive and for me is a partnership with a middle school in Selma. Um, it's a STEAM Academy. You've probably heard of STEM, science, technology. Yes. Yes. Well, they have the A for arts. It's a very small arts program, but nevertheless, it's there. 
Um, 76% of children in the rural Alabama Black Belt area are not exposed to the arts. So this will be an opportunity for them. It's a Because it's an academy, they call their students scholars, which I love. There will be three scholars who will be our mentees. One will shadow the director, one will shadow the house manager, and one will shadow the stage manager so that these kids can see a path to the future in the performing arts where they normally might not see that. So Amazing. that's it's a really important part of the program. So it, it yeah. So my journey started, uh, what, 20, so 13 years ago, 14 years wow. ago, 15 years ago. Um, but, but it's in the last few years, just really exploded. So two things I'd like to pick up on, cause I think they're helpful to those who are listening. Talk a little bit about what kind of downsizing and what kind of actual, you know, sacrifices you had to make, um, in order to make this happen. What, what did you actually do? And, you know, how did that work out for you in the long run? Well, the first thing that we had to really think through, you know, our son has grown and, you know, lives on his own. So we had to think through the idea of uh, go, moving into a smaller place. And so we kind, of, we kind of did that in a stair step. We went from a house to a pretty good sized condo. And then in 2017, when I knew that this was getting closer and closer because things were starting to gel um, through my relationships and also with help and counsel from Jane Pollock, uh, I knew that it could be imminent and there would be no way that we could afford the housing situation that we were living in. And so we downsized to a jewel box of a condominium that's one bedroom and one bathroom. And that's okay. At first it was like, okay, so it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, the, the the lucky part for us is it's right in the city, you know, we're right in the heart of Atlanta, so it's great, but we're lucky that we also have an opportunity to go once a month to the quiet of rural Alabama to get away from the noise. So we're very fortunate in that respect. Um, but day to day, you know, it's it's a totally different living situation. We We've come to really, really love it. Um, but it did take some getting used to. It was like, wow, okay, we moved in and where do we put stuff? You know, you're used to moving. If you're going to move someplace else, it's usually equal to or greater than. And so you've got plenty of closets and this, that, and the other. But it, yeah, it's it's been a lifestyle change for sure. And how did that serve you? Uh, it reduced our expenses significantly, which made it possible, you know, my, my husband's an artist and photographer and I, you know, and I was working in the for-profit world and it's, and it's made it possible for us to reduce our expenses and not, uh, be jammed up financially. Um, when I knew I was going to, well, I'm earning a third of what I used to make candidly. Well, so that's, a, that's a big stopper for a lot of people. There are yeah. a lot of people who are not willing to deal with that. And, yeah. you know, they want their reinvention. They want the reinvention you did with none of the financial pain. Exactly. And, exactly. Um, you know, I just want to be really honest about what it takes sometimes. Well, and what was also interesting way back in 2008, when I was interviewing uh, and didn't get the jobs, uh, twice in two of those different interviewing circumstances, I was asked on more than one occasion, why do you want to give up your big job for this? And so, you know, I would 
have a crisp answer for that, as one of my bosses used to say, because they can't imagine that you would give up the money. Now, looking back, I should have said, yeah, but you know, you're doing it because this is your passion. Can you not understand that that's where my heart lies as well? Um, so it, it, in those early days of interviewing without the reputation and years of volunteering and community building and all of that, there was really a kind of a, you know, real skepticism about my willingness to walk away from the money. Yeah, I think that holds a lot of women back who are listening um, because, yes, it, even the people who are willing to hire them don't believe it. They think, oh, right. you're going to come here. You're going to be upset. You really don't want to downsize your salary. Your right. passion's not going to get you through this. So we're not even going to talk to you. And I've seen that before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the ensuing years of community building where people really got to know me I've heard this phrase from other people. Yeah, you you may come from the business world, but you have the heart of an artist. And I think because that is so genuine and true, people see that now because they've known me for a long time in the other you know roles that I've served from a volunteer standpoint. So nobody, you know, when I when I came to Arts ATL, for example, no, nobody asked me, "Gee, are you okay with this salary?" They they knew that I was okay because I was going after it full bore. Is there anything that you can advise people who are willing to take a lower salary? Um, should that what they should say in an interview or how they should say it um, to make it clear that they understand and that it it's not just something they're going to dabble in and then run away from? Yeah, I think I think it's if I could go back and of course I really wasn't ready, but back then I didn't have any experience under my belt. But you know, if I were faced with that today without the without the reputation, my I would be very clear that I was well, well versed in what nonprofit salaries are and that I have taken the steps in my personal life to allow me to do this, whatever those steps may be, and you can elaborate on them or not, but I've taken the steps in my personal life because it means that much to me to move into this sector. And I think if you can can show that you have purposefully made changes and put things in place and that you're ready to do this versus, yeah, I, I just want to do this, I think it's more convincing. Now, could uh yeah. So let's talk a little bit also. I'm an awful lot of people talk about having a coach. And um it's still somewhat rare. I mean, not everybody will do that. Again, there's a financial barrier. Often these coaches are very expensive. They seem like it's la di da or extra. What made you move in that direction and what were the benefits? I am big on accountability being accountable to someone, you know, a deadline, uh, you know, a report out, that kind of thing. Because the reality is, at least for me anyway, when I'm thinking about making a life change, and this was a significant one, you know, the old life gets in the way. And it's like, oh, you know, I got this to do and that to do. And pretty soon I haven't had this networking thing and I haven't pursued this or whatever. And I really needed someone who understood the arts, which uh, Jane Pollock really does, having been an artist herself, um, and and someone who 
who holds you accountable and, and her style, and I can't speak for all coaches styles, but what was helpful for me in working with her is that she will say things like, so by the time we meet again, can you commit to X? And for my personal makeup, I need, I need that because there's no way it's I'm coming to my next session without being prepared with an answer. It was like all the years I studied classical piano. There's no way I'd show up for my lesson next week without practicing. And so I, that was really, really helpful for me to have somebody uh, essentially saying, you can do this. You really can do this. And, and, and having the tough talk about don't forget and what about and et cetera. And then at the end of the session saying, can you, we've talked about these three things or these four things of those things we've talked about. Can you commit to this one and this one by the time we meet next? And it moves you forward. It really moves you forward. Um, and she, she also was extremely helpful for me to, to recognize things that she likes to call God winks. You know, it's basically the universe sending you a signal. And so different things, and I wish I could think of, I, I wish I could think of them, but different things would happen and you start to see them and you go, okay, I'm on the right path. The first coach that I worked with, Laura, one of her, one of her um, mantras was, you know, keep, keep, keep walking through that door until you hear it close and you'll know when it closes because you can't do anymore. And then you go on to the next thing. That was also really helpful to me because sometimes you're like, is this right? Is this right? Yeah, just keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, and so they they both offered me a lot of advice. But for me personally, I, I need that accountability because it makes me keep going and doesn't let life get in the way. So what was your ROI on that? On the well, coaches? Because coaches are expensive and I know that's another barrier. That's a barrier yeah, no, for people. I mean, and, and neither one are cheap. We're cheap, you know, I mean that, and it just becomes, I mean, what it's, it, you're never going to be able to sit down and calculate a true ROI, but I truly, truly believe that I would not be where I am today if I hadn't worked with a coach. How did because it, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just, like I said, I, I needed someone to keep me on that path so that I wouldn't keep get, having stumbling blocks and somebody to say, well, you can do that. Why don't you go talk to that person? Or mm -hmm. why don't you, you know? Um, and so I, it also helped me develop some really good habits. So one of the things that I always say to anybody is, you know, hey, would you be interested in meeting so-and-so? Absolutely. My, my philosophy is I'll talk to anybody because you never know where it's going to lead. I would not be here today doing what I'm doing, both running an arts organization organization and producing theater on the side if I didn't live by that philosophy yeah I'll talk to anybody yeah I've always had that idea yeah, yeah. I yeah. went I remember going when I did a book back in my 20s I went to talk to this guy who wanted to do a see-me book about being a teenage model which I was not interested in and everybody <laughs> said go anyway go anyway you never know and I ended up doing a different book yeah so you yeah. never know you never know you never know. It's like playing How did, lottery. You go, sorry. if you don't play, right? So it's the same, same, same kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. So how did you find your coaches? Because again, that's uh, difficult. How do people find a coach and how do you know they're the right one for you? Um, I I also believe this idea that has you know become popular in the last decade of, you know, putting it out there in the universe, like tell people 
family, friends, coworkers, what it is you're thinking, what it is you're looking for. And I actually had a coworker uh, who referred me to my first coach. Uh, she had thought her to be fabulous and she was, she was the perfect coach at the perfect time and, uh, and set me on my way and introduced me, you know, to a short-term mentor, as I mentioned before, and things like that opened, opened some doors for me to start that networking process. And the second, uh, Jane was introduced to me by one of my closest friends. She had worked with her for a long time from a, from a business perspective, more of a business coach, um, and, uh, and thought I might enjoy working with her and, and get something out of it. So it's, it's referral. Okay. All right. When you set your mind out to do it, you can ask around and get the help. Yeah. So for people who are listening, what would you say, you know, sort of at the master's level of how to's, what are the three biggest pieces of advice that you would give somebody who's, you know, they're, they're bringing down some nice bucks in their current job. They're afraid to leave, but they're unfulfilled. Right. They see the clock ticking. They're afraid, but their heart is somewhere else. What would you do? What are the how-tos? The first thing I would recommend is whatever arts area that you want to go into, if we're talking specifically about the arts world, volunteer, because it can look really great from the outside and almost romanticized in a way, but working in the arts is, is hard work. It's really hard work, especially running a nonprofit and, you know, the, the, the funding realities are tougher today. The pie is smaller. The need is bigger. It's a, I refer to this move as my Peace Corps job. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's the toughest job you'll ever love or whatever they said it was back in the day, but that's the army. Yeah. 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 That kind of thing. But it's, you know, it is, um, it's not for the faint of heart. So volunteering, especially serve on boards for sure. Because if you can get up a, a board seat and most organizations are hungry for board members and they're looking for people with the right skills and the right passion and the capacity to give and support, that will help you start to understand an arts organization from the financial perspective. And you can see the funding models and get a better understanding of how they make their money and the, the, the daunting challenges that can be faced at times. And if you volunteer from a programmatic standpoint, meaning let me you know, make lunches or work on a production or whatever, then you can start to see how an organization functions every day. And then you, and as you do that and you become more involved in the community, you'll, you'll make friends in that community, which, which could lead to doors opening and more opportunities opening, but it will also give you a sense of who they are and how they live their lives. And you'll start to see that people who work in the arts community don't live big, fancy, flashy, expensive lives. And then you can start asking yourself some questions about, is it, do I really want that? You know, is it okay? You know, back when I went with me to live on a smaller income and not be able to go out to dinner every night, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that, that's, a, that's an interesting question to ask yourself because I remember back when I did the values exercise with my first coach, you know, she said they can be anything. She said, I have some clients who money is a value. And if you're not making money, that's a, that's a problem. So that, that's a real hard question that I would absolutely say could 
hopefully be answered by some really good in-depth volunteering. Good. Because it'll also give you opportunity to research and you'll start to hear what salaries are and what people are making. And you can wrap your head around, you know, if that's okay. Um, and then uh, kind of almost hand in glove is this uh, the whole idea of putting it out there, letting people know that you're interested because then people say, oh, well, I know this board that's looking for people, or I know this organization who's looking for volunteers. So, and then you'd be surprised at how many of your friends and family will also hear something and bring it to you and say, hey, are you still interested? And so you'll start to get opportunities just by letting people know that this is what you're interested in potentially pursuing. And then hand in glove with that is the networking. I don't care who they suggest you talk to, go have a coffee. What What's 30 minutes? You know, you never know what you're going to learn about a particular category. You never know what opportunities you're going to hear about. And, and it's amazing how big your network can grow quickly. Fabulous. Now, Patty, how can people find you or follow you? On uh, the, the nonprofit that I um, run is artsatl.org, A-R-T-S-A-T-L.org. So if anyone listening is in Atlanta, uh, I would strongly suggest that you visit the site and subscribe because you can learn everything you need to know about the arts. My personal Instagram is P at P-N-Siegel, S-I-E-G-E-L. And, and uh, artsatl's is Arts Atlanta, A-R-T-S. Atlanta. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Patty. What a great story. And so many women and so many listeners are frustrated with what they do and they want to do something that's more creative, but they have to understand the parameters and they have to be realistic about it. And I think you painted a really realistic and yet still exciting picture. So thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. I'll, I, I can say this, if you really are passionate about it. It, it really, it's worth it. It was worth it to me. Absolutely worth it to me. Awesome. Thank you. So thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Patty. I hope it was inspiring. I hope you took away some real, very clear, helpful tips and tricks that We'll make it clear whether you should do this or not, whether you can do this or not. And, you know, the reality of it takes a while. It's not going to happen overnight, but you can move yourself in that direction if you have deliberate ideas and you might need a coach to help you and you might need to do some financial rejiggering in order to do it. But as Patty says, it's worth it. I hope if you enjoyed this podcast, you will give us some stars and a review on the Apple podcast site that helps other people find us. I hope that you will also subscribe and follow us. It's free. And if you're really digging into your reinvention, come on over to coveyclub.com. Check out all, all the free content we have. We have tips, we have tricks, we have pamphlets, we have essays, we have all the best information about how to reinvent yourself in any way, not just career your health, your beauty, your style, any kind of rethinking, refocusing, rejiggering, reassessing. We're all about that. And um, we also have a wonderful group of women, if you want to get down to it, who will you know, be there as your support and accountability group um, to get you going on your reinvention. 
We're also just a great group of fun, loving women who love to get together and make new friends as we get older. So join us over at coveyclub.com. And until then, I'll see you next time.